What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 80 of the Lombard Trucking Show. Thank you once again for being here. Got a very special guest with me today. Gentleman I met back uh, in the spring at the Mid-America Trucking Show in Louisville, Kentucky. And they had an interesting booth there. It said Truck Parking Club on it. They were throwing out money everywhere. There was like, it looked as though there were $100 bills on the ground. And it was, you know, and it basically got everybody to go to their booth. And uh, we, we had connected there and made plans to meet. And, and finally, I'm glad to, to have him here on the show. He was recently at the Freight Waves event, the future of supply chain up there in Cleveland, Ohio. And then and it kind of just kicked, kicked, you know, kicked me into gear, being like, no, I, I need to get him on here because uh, it comes at a no better timing. Just recently, my uh, interview with KXAN News, uh, which is a local Austin channel, was just on this week about truck parking. And especially in places like Central Texas, uh, Austin area specifically, where it's bad. Uh, so without any further delay, because he's doing something that is uh, probably uh, groundbreaking uh, in the issue of truck parking, the CEO and founder of truckparkingclub.com, Mr. Evan Shelley himself. Sir, welcome to the show. Yeah, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. I, I Well, I appreciate you being here and appreciate what you're doing. And uh, I can't wait to hear the story of that. Yeah, I, I, I try to bring up truck parking every chance I get on this show because it remains probably it's it's a it's a top bullet point of turnover in the industry and added stress onto a driver's job and a small and a or a small business and how they operate because they have to be worried about it so I bring it up because you know the only way to kind of beat the algorithms of the internet and the social media world and I guess media in general is to keep the conversation going on truck parking. And, you know, that's where you come in. So, you know, what's, what's the story, man? How did we, you know, where are you from? What'd you do before this? How did, how did we get here? Yeah. Um, so I'm from a small town in South central Kentucky, uh, like population 3000, um, you know, humble beginnings um, and really grew up kind of in and around real estate and um, was from that um, kind of got into flipping houses uh, in my early 20s and as I was in the corporate world and um, from flipping houses I kind of ended up in commercial land deals and those commercial land deals got me into an industrial real estate deal back in like 2021 um, that I was trying to develop the property for truck parking because I had heard that it was a good investment. There was a high demand for it. There wasn't enough of it. And ultimately what that, um, what happened from that situation was the municipality told me that I, I couldn't develop it for truck parking, even though it was zoned industrial. And uh, ultimately that led me down this, you know, year or so path of like understanding what are the real issues with truck parking? Uh, what's causing uh, those issues um, and really getting to know people in the logistics space in and around the supply chain, logistics, um, technology associated with logistics and um, really coming up with this idea and I, I'm really not the first you know, people, uh, person, um, to really do this. There was, there's been a lot of people before me, there's been a couple of 
companies. I think the the difference that is thinking about only reservable truck parking, but I, I kind of get ahead of myself, I guess. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of how it all got started. Um, you know, just a quick you know synopsis of just um, my beginning and and how I got here. No, nice. So did you? So did you go to school at all? You you, you ever? Did you go to college for business by any chance? Yeah, I I skipped over that part. I I went to school. Um, I got I played golf in high school and was was decent at it and got recruited to a school. Um, and ultimately kind of helped pay for my college. Um, and got I ended up getting a degree in civil engineering. Um, which led me into construction and real estate. And then that's kind of how um, I got to, you know, getting getting into truck parking. No, I, because I, I, I always find that the pathways interesting and how people somehow wind up in the trucking sector, because the, the common theme, and this it's another thing I'm trying to debunk on the show is, you know, people think, at least the way I was raised, you know, people think you need to go to school for a certain thing. They sold you know, they sold going to school down our throats and, and how you need to achieve a different, you know, a certain career. And a lot of these people who have gotten themselves into the trucking world uh, got here essentially by accident. And, uh, you know, and, and, and even though you had gone to school for, for engineering, you wound up on trucking like, like everybody else, sort of, sort of by accident. It just, uh, mm. you know, because civil engineering, I had friends uh, who I went to college with who work in engineering. One went off to be a CB in the Navy. I have other guys, uh, another gentleman, he deals with bridges in Philadelphia and stuff. There's there's high dollars uh, out there for for what you do. You can go out there and do a lot of great things, but something something dragged you into into truck parking and uh and it says a lot about your character because, you know, it's an issue that you don't need to really be involved with. You didn't need to do this uh because you could be doing anything else to advance your career, but because of your aspirations, because you want to own a business, you wanted to start truck parking club. So let's, let's talk about what truck parking club is and, and how it got started. What, you know, what, what's that birth story look like? Yeah. So truck parking club, like kind of tying back into what I was saying about studying truck parking for uh, a couple years um, after that initial industrial real estate deal, uh, just got in and around um, people at conferences. I would go to conferences all across the U S and like, didn't really know that many people there, but would really just stem conversations about what do you what do you think is going on with this truck parking thing, and um, really trying to understand how I could get into the space, and ultimately created some some great relationships that I still have today. And um, back, I guess this would be about a year ago, I had a, a guy reach out to me that had like a car parking app. Um, and he was like saying, why don't we just adapt our software, my software, and like run with it um, that way. And it, it was, you know, kind of the beginning of like thinking about going that direction with it. Ultimately, um, I had talked with a couple other friends, tech friends that I had about similar stuff, but just I was a real estate guy. Right. So it's like build it, buy it you know, not like leverage technology to make more of it. Um, so ultimately it didn't work out between he and I, we worked together for a few months and then he called me up one day and wanted to go out on his own. And um, 
he went his own way. And then after that conversation, like after that happened, I like was like, well, I do think there's something to this. And, you know, I think ultimately it was part of the disappointment of like, this guy wanted to go off on his own and me thinking like there was an opportunity that kind of stemmed me to be, like take it very seriously and just be like, okay, I'm going to see if I can actually make something of this and, and called up some of my other relationships in, uh, in truck parking and just in logistics and was just like, I'm going to do this. And so back last fall, I, I just built the MVP myself. Like, I'm like, I'm just going to put something together and see if I can get a proof of concept as quickly as possible. So I just built the first MVP. It was not good. It was, it was just barely there. Um, but you know, I, it, I got it done and, you know, kind of did an initial launch and, and got the proof of concept I needed, I felt like. And from there, um, just went crazy with it. Like I just, you know, 100 hour weeks every week, just pushing it. And we've been fortunate to grow very, very quickly. Um, we're at like 100 locations now. Um, and we're adding new locations every single day. So. Um, it's been a pretty fast, fast ride. Yeah. And now just for now, and this is just me and I'm never embarrassed to admit it. You used a certain acronym back there. The first one you created, it wasn't that good. You said it's an MVP. Yeah. Now yeah. what, what does MVP stand for? So in the tech world, they call it like a minimum viable product. So it's essentially like the first edition, right? So, um, you know, like when you're wanting to do something, and maybe you're wanting to do it quickly. You don't create the perfect product, right? Like for whatever it may be, um, you just get something that'll get the job done, right? Like if you're if you're uh, you know if you're trying to like reach something high up above you in the garage or or wherever, you can just use a bucket. You don't need a perfectly perfect ladder or step ladder or whatever, right? You just throw a bucket and you step on the bucket, right? Not a great analogy, but that is it right like you're using you're using something that isn't quite perfect for what you need but it will work to uh, accomplish what you want to accomplish and so that's what um that's what i did is i just you know i'm not necessarily a tech guy but i just put together a product that was just good enough to show me that this could be done and we did it um and from there you know, really got very serious about creating a, a great product. Awesome. So are you using the, because you mentioned you started off with a guy who went off on his own. You're not using his software anymore. You had to kind of go out. I and... never, yeah, I don't, I, I never had his software. Like, oh, okay. His. I did. Yeah, okay. Was, so he took all that with him. So you had it to start. Was his. No, it was, it yeah. was always his. It, yeah. the, the general discussion was like, maybe we can adapt it somehow. Yeah, there was never like, uh, the, yeah, it was always it's his, like he had an application that we were trying to adapt and we were trying to work with his developers and it just never materialized. And then he was just like, I'm just going to go do it on my own. Yeah, I have no rights to any of that. I never had any of it. Um, and then he went out on his own. I I'm not exactly sure what happened after that, but I just went and created like a no code, low code software that anyone can do legitimately anyone um and it's not even necessarily that expensive the hard part is 
creating a, a brand and creating a business around it, you know, uh, and, and, and getting momentum and getting scale. And like, that's, that's where it gets really, you know, more difficult. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, because that's something you've got to build on and it takes time. Now, when it comes to truck parking club, now this, at least this is how it was. This is how I look at it. This is how it's been described to me. And I kind of just want, I'm trying to simplify for the listeners. Essentially, you've brought Airbnb to truck, to truck parking. You're taking real estate that people already own and they're putting it on truck parking club for drivers and small companies to go then go on and pay for it apart is am, am i explaining that right yeah yeah essentially i mean so truck parking club helps truckers find truck parking locations across the u.s and those truck parking locations are made up primarily of business owners like trucking companies tow truck companies trailer leasing companies cdl schools self-storage companies anything that's kind of tangential to transportation and logistics. I mean, we also have just large lots, um, stuff like that. And, and, and we t take that extra space, help the property owner monetize it, but also we create more supply of available truck parking. And we help truckers that maybe need to drop a trailer for two to 10 days uh, or need to park for two to 10 days um that's where really we specialize in um uh, with truck parking we're not we're not necessarily very competitive with like overnight parking because there's there's free options out there which truckers should take like i i completely think there should be more free parking for that for like that overnight you know rest stop there should be more rest stop parking spaces and for truck stops you know we're not super competitive in that capacity um yeah, I, I think I may have uh, added a little bit to your question, but no, yeah, you, you actually segued into into my next question. I was gonna, I, that was one of the main points I was going to ask you is that you know the goal, at least when I'm on the road or when other people are driving, is to try to shut down in a timely enough manner to where you, you know you're not having to pay for parking. So you're you know you're not that much you're not laser focused on that kind of uh, that level of business coming in. You're you're mainly focused on people who need it more so for storage, long-term parking, um, yeah, trailer interchanges. That's who that's who you've been going after. Yeah, I think that's where we provide the most value. You know, I think that's where we really provide the most value is, you know, what what we say is like if you can't find the free parking at the truck stop or the rest stop for overnight, we're probably your third best option. You know, you've got two very good free options, and maybe we're your third best um so that's not where we're providing the most value where we really provide value is two to ten day bookings where someone needs to drop a trailer and someone else another truck comes pick and picks it up or you know we get we get people that are just needing to park there because they're flying out to see their family and flying back you know just we have a kind of a myriad of different situations where someone needs multi-day and that seems to be the niche where we provide the most value to our customers. And then we also do uh, monthly parking as well. Oh, no, that's, that's awesome. There's, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there who do go home for extended period of times, don't have places to park on the news interview. I just did with KXAN. Um, he, he lasered in on and was very 
Um, and I made sure he made a point of the fact that when I go home, I'm actually parked on like a side road around the corner from some like uh, on the street from hotels. And that's how it is for some people uh, in certain towns they live in or if they live in cities. I'm curious about it a lot and because I actually wanted to ask you about what you had going on in the Northeast, because New York City and places like L.A., I think, are some of the biggest hot hot topics of, of truck parking especially for small business owners, because I'm curious where these guys park. And I was wondering, I was kind of wondering what that looks like on your end, only because I, I feel like it's one of your biggest, one of probably your biggest opportunities are the major metropolitan areas where drivers live or they want to start businesses, but they, they don't have anywhere to go. They can't figure, they can't buy trailers because they can't fit a trailer somewhere. Have you, have you gone into these cities at all? Or are you kind of just going, just taking it a day at a time? So we have parking just outside New York City in Port Newark and in Newark. Um, we have quite a bit of parking in Port Newark. Um, for, you know, we, we have quite a bit of capacity there at the moment. Um, so not necessarily in the city, but pretty convenient to going in and out of the city. Um, and then LA, we have one location it's not a ton of capacity. I think we have a couple spots there. So we, we would love to have more capacity. Um, and we're constantly looking in those areas because there is huge demand. And I mean, even like as far out as like Ontario and California is, is a, a lot of demand there just going in and out from the port. That seems to be a spot that a lot of guys stop. Um, so we, we would love to have more locations there. Um, I think there's just, it's so dense. It's just hard to have any more, you know, parking in those areas. So to have any capacity is great. Um, it, it is a hot, I mean, those, those are probably the two worst spots. Chicago is pretty bad too. Yeah. Sure. Um, Chicago is definitely up there uh, with it. Those, those are definitely the big three uh, without, without a doubt. I'd say Dallas is a little bit better. Um, I know some of the warehouse places in Dallas, you could park on the side of the street. It's not that big of a deal. Um, where I was going. So you, so those places that are dense. Now you said you've been using like tow truck facilities, um, uh, you know, in different areas. You, you have a certain level of clientele you've kind of called. Uh, another thing that people have mentioned a lot when it comes to parking is why aren't we able to park at the shippers and receivers? Are those, you know, have you been talking to, you know, the large distribution centers about working that out with them because they seem to not want to budge. So I didn't know if you had any headway or insight on are you yeah. working with Walmarts or the DCs because they have big lots and it's just like, I, I feel like they're, they could be a player in what you've got going on. Yeah. So we've had some initial discussions with those guys. I wish I had some like grand announcement, but I, we haven't, we don't have no formal, uh you know agreements with any any of them at, at this point um i think i think it's possible at some point in the future we can have some relationships with those guys because it is a it is a huge problem i think and i think part of the problem is if i had to guess what part of the problem is there's just no formal parking arrangement right so it's like they're not in the business of truck parking Right. So it's like, do we want to really add to our business and, and run this truck parking? And I mean, I get that. 
but like you said, there's tons of empty space there that should be available. And in most cases, it's not. Um, I think with time, I think with time, it's it's possible that we have some solid relationships with those guys, but we, we don't currently. Yeah, I think that all falls in line with building a brand. Uh, one that, I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to have you on is because your brand and what you've got going on is something that needs, you know, as lit, you know, I don't think my, I, I'm not trying to say that my voice and my brand is the, is the loudest one out there, but um, that's what you, you need tiny little whispers of noise for them, for, for people to start talking about truck parking club. You know, people think it takes this one, one viral video of a million views and really it just takes a million whispers that eventually turn into a loud voice. Um, oh, you were saying so. Yeah. I, I, I was just going to add to that. You know, it's like, it's, it's having like people talk about you, but it's also having a product that people actually want to use. Right. Like, you know, it's like, you can have people talk about you and then they use your product for the first time and they don't like it. And then, you know, opportunity wasted. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's having, you know, getting the opportunity to come on a podcast like yours. And then when someone hears this podcast and then tries the product, we have to perform and make sure they have a great experience. Right. Um, so we're, we're super focused on like having a great product that we continue to improve to make sure that when the trucker uses it, they have a great experience and we're providing the most value uh, as possible. Really. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And when it comes to user ability, it looks like you've kind of streamlined that process. Cause you talk about the experience and I can tell you firsthand when it comes to, and just with my experience with other truckers, when it comes to technology in this industry, um, you have one shot and that's it. Like any, 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 so many tech companies and startups have risen and fallen, I think in trucking, because it's, uh, of the initial smell test from truckers, like drivers will, if they try if truckers try it once and they hate it, they're going to tell everyone they know that they hated it. And they're never going to try it again. Like there's, there's almost no second chances, but you guys, yeah. like you came, you came on. To, to the scene, you already you you're able to do this on an app. You have apps that are uh, that are on iPhone and Samsung phones, so you could do this just like you'd call an Uber, just like you'd book an Airbnb, just like Correct. you'd you know book one of those things. So you've streamlined the process. You have a, a an, an 800 number or an 888 number, I believe, that they can call you. Now, if they call that number, they speak into you directly. Oh, our customer service is made up of former truckers. So when you call our customer service, you're talking to someone who has, as of right now, 20 to 30 years experience in trucking. Um, so, I mean, I don't have the background of trucking. I'm not going to act like I do. Or So I think my the customer service at Truck Parking Club, they they know truckers because they are and have been truckers. So when you get on the phone with our customer service, they're able to talk to you in a manner that someone like me or some out customers. Um, so we're very, very focused on the experience for the trucker from if you call our customer service number to if you use our app, we, we really want to make sure that the trucker has a, has a great experience. So, and one, 
service, former truckers on our customer service, taking those calls and really delivering the best experience possible to, to everyone that uses our platform. Man, th- this is awesome. Th- th- I'm, I'm, I'm glad you got into this because I, w- I wanted to ask you about like how large the company was. So that's, your whole customer service team is made up of former drivers. I think that right there, besides the revolutionary idea of Airbnb and truck parking, the fact that the people who work for you are former drivers, I think that's that goes above and beyond. Because if it's one thing that a lot of people have issues with, uh, when it comes to the industry, when it comes to people who always want to save the supply chain, it's always people from the outside, you know, who have never really been on the inside. And that's what that's why these tech companies, that's why they get scared because they come in, they're like, oh my God, they heard that they heard that transportation's a, a, a fucking trillion dollar industry. They've heard that there's all this money floating around, and that but then they hear that there's these problems. So these tech companies will come in with their TMS systems or whatever they have to offer, and then they realize that. Uh, it doesn't need to be that complicated because truckers actually hate complicated stuff. So, <laughs> so they end up getting scared and then these startups eventually leave. Uh, and also because on top of it, truckers are also deterred by these guys who get into the business who are just come from the tech industry or the software world or the computer world. They don't have that background in trucking. You made it a point to bring on a staff of former drivers to help you out. So what what's the rest of your, yeah, what's the rest of Truck Parking Club look like how many employees are you up to and would you say yeah are you at a majority drivers yeah so we're still pretty small and, and nimble company we have a couple people in customer service um two former drivers um actually two women former drivers um and they do a, an amazing job and i'm very very fortunate to have them because they they hold it all together um and then from there we have a cto on the technical side, um, handling that, we have a chief growth officer, um, uh, just a a friend of mine that is he actually uh, you've probably seen him on social media on our like TikToks and stuff like that. Hunter, so he is he's our chief growth officer. He does a lot of the content, a lot of the sales, marketing side of things, um, and travels on the road with a. Uh, one of our sales guys who who works under him, um, just a, a couple Midwestern Southern guys like that come from you know that blue collar background um, that really understand um, you know blue collar lifestyle, not necessarily truckers, but um, definitely um, not tech guys at all, which <laughs> yeah, is um, which is great, like, because it gets us, it normalizes us from like being just this, like this holier than thou tech company. Um, and then from there, we have a guy that runs our social media. Um, let me think. I guess that's it. Yeah, I guess that's it. I feel like maybe there's somebody else, but. Um, yeah, that's our team right now, and we're we're pretty um, pretty small and nimble, but you know we're able to get a lot done. Now, th- this is awesome. And so, wh- one other question I had for you is: now, this is it's something. This is a product that's really for truckers, but at the at the same time, your your customers are the are the are the landowners, the hosts 
of the truck parking. You know, how do you create value for them? Is it is it solely the monetary thing or is just, you know, how do you because like for me, because I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of my network. I know some people who work in commercial real estate. They, they may find this this interesting. And so I'm kind of just asking you kind of the inside baseball of, yeah, what's what's your sell to the host? Because if, if sometimes if I'm the host, I might be a little apprehensive. You know, you you could be looking at damage to your property. You could be looking at um, possible, you know, like I said, the, so one, a lot of the biggest reasons like you ran into a truck parking has to do with zoning. And it has to do with local municipalities who don't want an increase of traffic and they don't possibly don't want an increase of drug traffic or uh, women of the night, so to speak. Those are the terms that they use. This happened in Connecticut when they were fighting, you know, tooth and nail to try to not get this loves put in right across the street from where there's already a truck stop. And so that's that I'm curious. And there's a lot of people uh, like that who, who may share share those sentiments. So how do you create that value for the how do you get the host bought in on what Truck Parking Club is doing? How do you get them to say, hey, let trucks park on your property, you know, of people you don't know? Yeah, so I think part of it is is really the overwhelming majority of our properties is, you know, business businesses that are kind of in and around transportation and logistics. So trucking companies that are already in and around it, tow truck companies, CDL schools, things of that nature that are kind of already in and around the business and understand what's going on in the business with truckers having a hard time finding parking um and so i think that is some part of it because they understand that it it's like okay i can make some money doing this and i know there's a problem i'm not saying the majority of the reason is you know solving the truck parking shortage for them but i do think part of it is like they know it's a problem and they know they they can help with the problem and there's this huge demand, there's not enough supply. So that I think that just encourages them to like, let's give it a shot. Let's put it on the platform, see how it goes. We'll, we'll add a few spaces, you know, hopefully we make some money on it. Um, and, and to be honest, man, a lot of our stuff is inbound. So it's not, in most instances, it's not like this huge sell to them, like, you know, where we have to like twist their arm. Um, it, it's more of like the people that, reach out to us get it a lot of times because they've listened to you know the lombard trucking podcast they've they've listened to some some article article in freight waves or whatever the case may be and they kind of already know truck parking club and then they um are are in and around trucking anyway so they get it um and they fortunately you know kind of that early adopter mindset they they um they've taken on to it but it you know it's really to answer your, like your original question it, it's really about you know you're not using the space anyway and there's a clear there's a clear issue um in the market and you can help with that issue and you can you can make some money um uh, possibly make some money doing it at the same time my my next question was essentially have you had any problems from you know your hosts from the outside looking in. I had mentioned earlier that truck parking is going to become, you know, still going to become a problem, whether or not the federal government gives money to the states or not, if it passes the house because of zoning in municipalities. And you learned that 
through dealing with the commercial real estate investing. Have you had any of those issues happen at all with, with any of your hosts? Have neighbors been complaining? Because that's what I, I just like. I love what you're doing. I love what you have going. It's valuable to me. Um, are, are you looking at any exterior threats to, to your business who, who are, because I mean, that, that's a very real thing because like, you know, when it comes to the nimbyism of truck parking, people don't have any, idea. people always say, oh, we need to do more. We need to fix it. And then when it comes to building it, they don't want to. And now you've kind of circumvented it being even built and you've, you've put it into, you know, certain areas. And I just am, cause you know, there, it does come with some more traffic. It does come with some more, um, you know, people are complaining now about the exhaust and the noise. And so I'm just wondering if you've had any exterior threats from like any municipalities or communities, residents. Um, so because of the nature of having um, businesses that are kind of in and around trucking and transportation and logistics, we don't really have any issues. I, I, not to say that we won't ever, um, because I think there are large empty lots in places that are not, you know, you, you think like a distressed mall or something, you know, those could be prime targets for adding more truck parking, but with that comes zoning and issues like that. But up, up till this point, we have not had any issues on any of our properties with zoning um, or neighbors complaining or whatever the nature of how we structured the business and the customers, the property members we call they're already around trucks. Um, so we haven't had any issues with that. But you know, as we grow, um, you know, I'm I'm guessing things like distress malls will come more on our radar and maybe there will be issues there uh we'll see you know we'll take it as it comes but i think if those locations aren't being used for anything and we have the ability to create formalized truck parking that helps truckers find parking you know i i believe that you know that's a great use of the property until it's bought redeveloped or whatever the case may be, you know, so, you know, maybe there will be, we'll have issues, but we, we haven't had any yet. Awesome. No, that's good. Which leads me right into you. You mentioned the word growth. What's, what is growth looking, looking like for you guys? Is it just kind of, are you continue? Do you have any goal? You know, you got any goals in mind, a five-year goal? Are you think that it's, you think that possibly, you know, you'll, you can even move up and, and build your own truck parking along with this. I mean, you know, there's, there's so many ways you can go with this. Like I said, you don't have to, you can, you can keep hiding the hot dog if you want. I don't want you to give out any, give out any, you know, yeah. uh, Easter eggs, but if you know, with what growth has looked like, are you just hitting the phones and uh, adding, adding properties on the day or, or adding properties every day or yeah, are you, or you've got some bigger things com coming up on the horizon. Yeah. I think we're, you know, we're very, very focused on just creating more truck parking, right? Like we're just super focused on that. Like, yeah, there's a lot of ancillary things we could be doing right now that, that would maybe help revenue or seems intriguing, but we're just not really concerned with that. I, we're just 
concerned about getting more locations that adds to the supply of truck parking and how finding figuring out how to do that better and better every single day um, while also creating and maintaining this product that helps the truckers and the drivers have a great experience and outside of that man we're just not that worried about anything else so like people mention things and it sounds nice and but i'm like you know we got a lot to do just in creating more truck parking and we're at 100 locations now but you know the goal is to get to five or ten thousand so we're we're just really just getting started so we're just hyper focused on that man and like i would say something we haven't haven't mentioned really yet is like really the goal of truck parking club is ultimately by adding all these properties is just to help truckers save time and fuel by efficiently finding and reserving truck parking across the US. If we accomplish that goal, we're we've done what we set out to do. Um, because if we have enough properties that truckers can use to park and we create more supply, we're, we're gonna accomplish we're gonna ultimately accomplish that um and then that value a portion of that value goes to the trucker right because yeah we make money doing this but if we can save the trucker you know 40 minutes finding parking oh and, and do that daily or you know how many ever times over the course of a year you know that money's going back to the trucker even though maybe they had to pay for the parking right and i would actually kind of like your opinion on on some of this um about you know do you think that paying for parking can actually save you money do you agree with that statement that sentiment or do you think that's kind of uh like like a biased opinion from someone who has paid truck parking. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, so at, at face value, anybody's going to tell you no, but there's, I think there's layers of that onion that once you start peeling it back, you, you can find it, um, especially, and it takes you breaking it down to like a mathematical equation. So say you, and, and I'm, I like to look at it from the, from the point of view of either the, the independent owner operator or like a small fleet owner. And if so, say I'm a small fleet owner and I'm still taking on the costs and I have a driver who needed to park for the for the night and he needed to use one of your spots. And it looks like I, I was looking at your map. You have a spot there in Dallas for ten dollars uh, for, for the night. It, if, if, if I could be uh, I don't believe I'm mistaken on that. I'd have to go back to the map. But you have a spot for ten bucks in Dallas. So say he had yeah. to do that because he didn't feel comfortable because like, so that's the thing. Uh, when I when you look at it from if you're looking at it from the individual company driver point of view, I'd say I, I would say that the answer is no. Like if I'm just a company driver for Pam, you know, making, you know, garbage money, you know, shit wages kind of like or if I work for CR England and it's just me and I got to pay ten dollars to park because at that point I'm only thinking about like I'm just an employee at that point. I, I'm just working, you know, in theory, it's just about your bottom line. But if you're a small fleet owner. And so say I own five trucks and I have five drivers, you know, and, I, and they like working for me. 
And one of them ran into a pinch. He was at a receiver for way too long. He was, uh, he got caught up in Dallas and he's like, Hey, I used the company card to pay $10 to park at this place where you save money. Uh, even though you're, you as the business owner just had to pay for that, you're saving money. in the fact that that employee, you know, me being the employer, me letting that employee pay $10 for parking is hopefully going to ease some burden on his mind. So if what, if he can tell me as his employer, Hey, I just had to pay for parking using truck parking club. Really sorry. I had to cost the business money, but I was, you know, I was out of options. You know what that, I, you have to look at these things from the long term. The long term being, is my driver going to quit? Uh, is is he going to stay? Is my truck parked in a safe place? You know, is it what you know? You have to look at these things from a, a risk assessment, and that and when when you assess those risks on a long enough timeline of, hey, is paying twenty, or just even on a macro scale, I paid a thousand dollars in truck parking this year. Say you know, say my me and my accountant are going over taxes, and he goes, hey, it looks like you spent a thousand dollars. In, par- in parking this year. And I'm wondering if it's worth it. If I see that my trucks are still running, I have drivers in them, I have freight to move, and that you know I had, don't have turnover, I'm able to pay my drivers well, then you've then it's 100% worth it to pay for it. You you really have to look back at the look back on them uh, from from I think that scale of as running a business because that's where it gets misconstrued in the trucking world is people think that trucking is different from any other business. And when it comes to the turnover, another highlight of this show, and I, like I said at the beginning, truck parking is a major part of the turnover in this industry. It's added stress onto the job. When you add stress to the workplace, the science, the data says that when stress is added, safety decreases. So if my uh, driver can comfortably and without anxiety know he can use truck parking club and he knows that I'll be paying for it. Uh, and, 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 but even though it comes at a cost of the business in the end, you win. And that's, I think the timeline. And I know that's kind of like an elongated answer, but that's the no, business that's way to look at it. And I think that that's the yeah. reality of it. And that's why this, this matters. Do we wish that all truck parking can be free? Absolutely. But unfortunately, yeah. you know, that we can't, that's, you know, that's in a perfect world. And this money that's going to come from the DOT, you know, and this, it's, this still needs to pass the house. The, the, the money that's going to come from the DOT that goes to the states, who knows how much of that money is going to actually build truck parking because they're going to have to go through zoning. And then when the states get this money, the states are going to do, the states are probably going to flounder or squander most of it, like they seem to do with a lot of this stuff, because you can't really trust the way that that money funnels down to the states. And yes, that would in theory be free, but we're looking at how can the market solve it now and how can it, how can it solve it now, but how can it do it where it's still going to be cost effective for a business? And I think that's, that's how, you know, you have to look at it. So in the, to, to, you know, to answer your question in the short form, yes, it's worth it, but you have to peel the layers of the onion back to see the, the meaning behind why it's worth it to pay $10 tonight, as opposed to you know, whatever risks you're then assuming for not paying for it. Yeah. And I, I guess like to add to that, something else I was curious is what do you, I mean, kind of our thought is like just the general awareness of availability, right? Like if you have to spend 
30 minutes trying to find it because you're not necessarily aware of it. Or you can spend five to 10 minutes on an app finding it and put you further down the road in the right direction, assumably. Like, in our mind, isn't that providing value to the trucker? What do you think about that? Like getting them down the road, you know, an extra 30, 40 minutes or whatever the case may be. Oh yeah. And and that's, that's part of the layers of that onion is the, is within the route planning itself. So if say, for example, like I said, as the fleet owner, I have my driver set out and he's, he's booked, he's got his loads booked 10 days in advance and say he's, you know, say in, say he's a company driver and I tell him literally what to do and I can, and I kind of can guide his route. If he knows where he's going to park at the end of the day and I put one of the truck parking club, knowing full well that he's not going to get unloaded or loaded until after 6 PM. And then he's just going to go straight to you. It's saving, it's saving time off of his 70 hour clock. And that's the biggest thing too. So even as an individual owner operator, and even as a company driver at this point, because as a company driver, I paid for parking as a company guy before, and I did it to save time. That's the point because you have that 70 hour working clock, you know, and as the 70 dwindles down, you need to take a 34 hour reset to get your 70 back, or you can choose to run between, you know, eight and eight and a half hours a day and run recaps, do it that way. Regardless, time spent sitting in traffic and the time spent looking for parking, because I did that. I remember as a brand new driver uh, on that first trip I took from Irving to Montebello, California, I remember the last two hours of me driving was getting off an exit, going into a truck stop, seeing it was full going down the road, getting off an exit, going to the next truck, truck stop and seeing it's full. That eats so much time that you're not going to have later on when you're rolling and when you're moving and grooving and when things are going well. And that's that right there, I think is probably, yeah, right there is probably your biggest sell point is that because that's the shortest term sell right there is as the driver because that 70 hour clock, something I don't agree with. Look, the hours of service have always been what they are. We've talked about ELDs on the show. Uh, before, but the 70 hour clock is where your money is made total. The 11 hours that people shouldn't be driving for, you know, a zillion hours a day. It's, it's not the safest, it's not the safest in the world, but the 70 hour clock, if, especially if you're a business owner, if you're, you know, you should be able to be open when you want, you know, you, you can, you, you, that 70 should be moot. Okay. Limit per day. So that 70 is where your money's being made and anything you can do to keep more time on that 70, like using truck parking club is, 100% worth it. Yeah, that, that's kind of our thought is like, you know, lowering that amount of time for every driver on the amount of time that they take to find parking, right? So if we create enough spaces, in theory, we'll give so much choice to the driver that hopefully we can eliminate a lot of the, like you just mentioned, pull off on the exit, look at the truck stop, see if anything's available, go to the next exit. And if we can eliminate that and get someone, you know, 30 minutes or an hour down the road, you know, we think that's where we can give a ton of value. But to do that, you need 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 locations that are readily, readily available to reserve on one platform, right? So that's the, that's the ultimate goal. And I, I was just curious about what you thought about that because it's easy to say it right but really 
talking with truckers about it is where we understand the best, right? Uh, obviously, we talk with truckers all the time, and and just getting another opinion is really valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Us. And I, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you asked that out there, so it can be I'm glad you asked those questions. I, I do, I like when it, I like when it reverses. I like people coming on and then asking me what I think about stuff because it, it broadens the, the broadens the show up. Um, but no, th- this is good, man. I, I really like what you guys are doing. Um, one, one last thing, and I owe this to Reed. What's, um, <laughs> he asked, he, he's asked me to ask you about hats as a service. What's, you know, H A A S because we know what S A A S is. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, hats as a service is really probably fundamentally one of the best inventions of the 21st century because you, you really, you can go to hatsasaservice.com, anybody listening to this, and it's it's truly extraordinary. You can go order a hat, and that hat will be yours once you pay for it for a fee. What is he charging these days? Is it? I'm on hatsasaservice.com right now. Does it have a price on there? He, uh, I, I believe it's like 30 or $40 for a hat. Yeah, I think it's 39 and which I think is a great, it's a great price for a hat. Um, and you buy the hat that says, please advise on it, which is much better than this hat. It's, you know, the branding is just phenomenal. And you pay the initial fee and, and allow you in you wearing the hat. You have to pay a subscription every single month. And... <laughs> And it, what it really creates is, you know, this status symbol, right? Like, you know, like Supreme, except you have to pay to wear it. Um, well, you have to continually pay to wear it, I'm sorry. Um, and honestly, you know, Reed and I collaborated at the Future of Supply Chain, the Freight Waves event uh, last week and really came up with this idea and then launched it within, I don't know, like three hours and it's really taken off i mean it's it's quite it's quite revolutionary i wish reed was on here because he's really he's really the voice that that brings you know that really gets people to fall in love with the fact that they have to pay twenty dollars a month to wear a hat but i'm sure by now we probably have at least one subscriber um it may be reed but we have at least one I think this is groundbreaking and revolutionary too. So for anyone interested, yeah, go to hatsasaservice.com, get your hat for $39.69 or four interest-free installments uh, for for any orders over $50 with shop pay. You can do that. But that interesting service, hats as a service. You're right. I guess that's the future that we're headed in, right? This subscription-based type economy that that's where we're at, where where we're streaming. And that's, you know what, With, with the rise of influencer culture, and and just where we're headed, I I'd say that Reed and Truck Parking Club are on the on the forefront of, <laughs> of possibly what we're looking at next. No, and, and like all jokes aside, like that you know we had a lot of fun with it at Freight Waves and like went on what the truck and talked about it and like just goofed off and had a good time. Um, but but all jokes aside, like those are really cool hats. I think I think his please advice hats are really cool. 
Oh, yeah. Um, I just got a compliment from a flight attendant uh, on my way back from Missoula. She's like, oh, my God, I love that hat. Yeah, it, it, there's something to it, man. And, like, we were just joking around. I was like, I really like those hats. And I was like, it sucks, though, because, like, you're just going to sell one, you know? And, like, like, hopefully they come back in a year and buy another. Um and then it was like we were just joking around you know how reed is like just jokes a lot of jokes he's very funny and i was like what if you just did a subscription <laughs> and then we just started goofing with it and then like he did like a whole big linkedin post like it was very funny um he's no, he's a hoop yeah no he's he's good people he's going places uh people like him and getting him uh, and like in our circle, it's definitely been, it's been motivating for me to do stuff like make content, talk to as many people as I can, keep this conversation going. He's like, he, he uh, and, I, and he'll probably listen to this, but the, the vibe he gives off is, is like a Gary V without the cringe. Like how he's like, like every, anytime I've mentioned something to read, like, ah, I want to do this. Or if you mention to him, you want to do something, he'll tell, he'll be like, why are you, why aren't you like that, that kind of attitude. And like, I think that when it comes to like making friends or hanging out with people, those are the types of people like, you know, you want to be around ones who are going to challenge you ones who are like, wait, you want to do something? Why aren't you? And then, you know, you give and then it makes you reevaluate whatever horrible excuse you have for why you aren't doing what you want to do. Uh, and then you realize that maybe you should probably do it like he, he's. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it I, I appreciate him. However, he float floated into life. I thank Twitter for it. Because it's, you know, it's brought, you know, it's brought my mental health and everything to, to the next level. And especially when it comes to doing this and where I'm going to, the direction I'm headed with my business and everything like yeah. that. So hopefully Hats as a Service catches on. But <laughs> <laughs> but before I sign off, where can the people, where can people sign up? So yeah, drop the info. So where can, if I'm a trucker, where do I go? If I want to rent my land out, where do I go? And where can I yeah. find you guys? Yeah, so the easiest way is going to be going to truckparkingclub.com. You're going to see the ability to sign up and then add your space if you're a property owner, which we call property members. And then if you're a trucker, um, you know, we don't do like sign up walls or anything. So if you're looking for a space, you can go see all of our locations without creating an account or anything like that. And just go look and see if there's spaces that you may need over the road. And if there's a space you need, you'll sign up and um, book the space whenever you need it. We do, uh, you can book in advance um, for, you know, if you think you need something tomorrow or the next day or whatever the case may be. Um, so you can sign up through that. And then we also have the customer service number 888-899-PARK. So that's 888-899-7275. You can call our customer service line 24 seven, uh, talk with, um, you know, former drivers, that um, 20, 30 years in the business. And you can also, you know, ask them any questions that you have. And if they're, um, you know, about properties or things of that nature, it will usually escalate to myself or my chief growth officer or, or um, one of our, our sales guys. Uh, and we'll talk with you about whatever it may be. So th those are the best ways to, to reach out. And then on social, we're very active on LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, um we put some content out on youtube uh and start and on twitter a little bit as well so most of the socials were active on there as well awesome man and just to just so i can be clear 
free to sign up as a as a trucking company. There's no uh, there's no sign up fee for that. And to be a to host your property, free to list your property on there. Correct. So free to sign up, no charges to the truckers or the property members to be on the platform at all in any capacity. Uh, how we make money is we just like Airbnb take a cut of revenue from uh, when the property member rents the property, we take a cut of revenue from that. So we're not like adding a surcharge to like uh, the trucker or anything like that. We, that, or, you know, you know, a monthly subscription or anything. We don't do that. Okay. Good. Good to know. So no hidden fees. So if it says on, <laughs> yeah. if it says on there, it's $10 for the night to park in, in Dallas, it's, it's 10 bucks. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Exactly. Man. This is sweet. Well, dude, I, I can't appreciate you enough once again for coming on. I, I'm looking forward to what you guys got going on in the future. Um, I'm all about pumping this brand out there. I, I'm really optimistic. Uh, like I like I mentioned before, you know, the government wants e- even the ATA, you know, may they burn in hell. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a mortal enemy and stuff like this. Even they have, you know, started to plug that narrative for uh, because they have ulterior motives of, getting the flow of taxpayer money, you know, uh, flowing again. Uh, but even them have have tr- lobbied for this truck parking. OIDA has us at CDL Drivers Unlimited. Everybody's on board with it. But where that money can go from the government, it's not there's no there's nothing immediate. And we don't know how well it is. But when it comes to uh, the market fixing it and something that's uh, in, when it comes to somebody who's already fixing it, you guys are. And you're only getting you're only adding more supply while we wait on government dollars. And while we wait on this you know, deliberation, you guys have come in. You've already started solving the problem and you're adding more supply uh, to help truck drivers and help their lives and their businesses right now. So, uh, you know, for that, I commend you. And uh, thanks again, man, for coming on. This is great. Yeah, I appreciate it. I couldn't have said it much better myself. So uh, that was a great way to end it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll leave it there. And thank you guys once again for listening. That'll do it for episode 80. And with that, I'll see you on the next one. Take care. Thank you.